Hi there, everybody. Gwen Jones here. So before we get started, I wanted to shout out and say a big, big, big thank you to everyone that listens to this podcast. Why? Because this very episode starts season four. That's right. Season four. Now, my first season had a few bumps. Second season, a little bumpy too, but by the third and fourth, I was introducing you to amazing people from all over the world that proudly call themselves Rotarians. It's a labor of love. I thank each and every one of my guests, and I thank you so much for listening. So let's get started, shall we? Season four has started, and welcome to the I'm a Rotarian podcast. Hi there, everyone. I'm Gwen Jones, and welcome once again to the I'm a Rotarian podcast, the weekly podcast where I introduce you to amazing people that proudly call themselves Rotarians. Well, this week, I'm going to introduce you to a new friend of yours and a new friend of mine. Harish Ranchan Denny joined me this week, and uh, he was in the sunshine. That's right. He joined me from Jamaica, and it was pouring here in Washington State. But that didn't stop us from having a wonderful conversation about his views about Rotary. It was fascinating. And uh, as a guy that's been in Rotary for more than 20 years, he's got a couple amazing stories that I'm sure you're really going to like. So join me, won't you? Harish is joining me this week on the I'm a Rotarian podcast, and I'm so glad you're joining us too. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm so happy to uh, have you back here. And we've been bouncing around the world for the last couple of weeks, and we're bouncing around again. Uh, This time, we've headed to Jamaica. And because it is rainy and cold and very fall here on Woodby Island, a little sunshine even through uh, uh, the eyes of a Rotarian, uh, sounds pretty good to me right now because I think I'm going to be very soggy here in Washington for a very long time. Uh, Rashif uh, Ramchan Denny is joining me today again from uh, sunny, sunny Jamaica for the first time. We are meeting via Zoom. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Harish. Welcome, Thank welcome. You. Thank you for having me. Well, I appreciate you so much. You were one of my uh, Rotarians that I stalked via Facebook. And, and for my audience, they are well aware of the fact that I get on Facebook and I, I find Rotarians doing great things. You have been doing a lot of stuff lately. And so I thought you'd be great for the podcast. So thank you so much. We all want to hear your story. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. So I want to know, first of all, Greetings from warm Jamaica. For, for all of us, come on, tell me what's the weather in Jamaica today. Go ahead. So it's lovely today. I'm looking outside my window. It's warm. It's sunny. There's a little bit of breeze. So maybe this oh, evening yeah. you'll get a nice sunset. So I'm looking forward oh. to that. <laughs> all right. Well, hold that. I'm, I'm, as, I, as I squashed down here to my office with rain and everything. So I'm glad to see it's so beautiful there. So let's talk a little bit about Rotary. What's your, what's your earliest recollection of Rotary? What's your first experience being a Rotarian? So I, so I joined, well, I joined in 1997. So uh, when I was 23 years old, but actually somebody approached me about three years before that. Uh, so that would have been when I had started my business at about 20 and they came to me and they said, Hey, we noticed, you know, you are, you're doing 
you know, your own business now. And there's this organization called Rotary. It's for business leaders. Why don't you join? And, and, and at the time I was kind of focused, you know, on business. So I didn't really want to deviate from that. So I just kind of let it slide, let it slide, but they kept, they were persistent. But, we are a persistent bunch, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. But, but in reality, what happened was I started wanting to give back, right? So mm-hmm. I actually formed my own little foundation. I was doing a small little fundraiser through my business and, and we were just doing small things to just give back uh, to the community. And then they approached me one more time. And they said, listen, this is really nice. We really see what you're doing. Now that you're doing some sort of community outreach, you should really think about Rotary. You can do so much more through Rotary. Mm. And at that point, when they said I could do more, right? I said, well, well, now you have my attention. Let me hear more. And then I went to the meetings and I started realizing, I said, ah, there, it, it is possible to do more. Uh-huh. Because initially I thought it was like some Ponzi scheme or something, right? Let's put something <laughs> and then multiply it over. And I'm like, really? How is that even possible? You know? But I really saw that there is this multiplying effect, uh, yeah. especially through the Rodi Foundation. And that's what really got me. And then, yeah, the rest is history. I joined and I did. So what was, that, what was that original foundation that was just yours? It was called the Gandhi Memorial Foundation. Yeah. Uh, what a little thing name. I started. Yeah. Is it still around? You know, it's still registered. It's still there, but it's pointless really doing anything through it. Again, you're so much better off going through Rotary and going through the Rotary Foundation if you want to mm-hmm. have a bigger impact. So it's still there on paper, but I haven't been doing anything with it. No. Yeah. Well, it's a beautiful name. So it's always there. It's always your, your first stepping stone, right? Yeah, that's right. So, and it was interesting that you, that you said that it, you, you were a business person. And you wanted to have your business going first before you joined Rotary. And it's very interesting that Rotary was kind of founded on doing business. And yet what really brought you in was doing the service part of Rotary. That's true. That Hmm. is true. I did not join for the business networking. But you see, I guess every community is different, right? Right. Uh, There was a lot happening. It, you know, networking wasn't really uh, the primary engine that was required uh, at the time. You know, we had a lot of opportunities. So Rotary's uh, role in the greater Montego Bay area was more of doing good in the world as opposed to bringing people and networking more. Uh, That's changed quite a bit. There's a lot of networking components to it now. But at that time, that wasn't necessarily what it was primarily uh, known for. Known for. Is is anybody else in your family a Rotarian? Yeah. So my two, three cousins... That's my okay. dad's brother's kids. So three of them are Rotarians. Uh, my wife's father and my wife's brother are Rotarians. But no wife? What? No, she's not. <laughs> but, 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 but she loves Rotary. I was going to say she's surrounded. Kids. So Yeah. And my kids have gone through Interact. And now they're looking at getting into Rotaract as well. Wow. So, yeah, it's a Rotary family. That's really refreshing because I have to say that I, and it's actually getting better the more and more Rotarians I talk to, but for the, probably the first season that I did this podcast, I didn't have anybody say, very few people said that they had anybody else in their family that were Rotarians. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah, it's something we got to work on. So then you, you've been in Rotary now pushing, you know, 20, 94, 2004, 14. Wow. You've been in it for quite some long time, time. Then. long yeah. time. You've got family in it. Then what is it? 
what does it mean to you then to be a Rotarian? Because you've stuck it out for such a long time now. Yeah, so, you know, it offers a lot of different things. And I think it's important to, to showcase that. You see what happens, what people don't realize. It's not about one thing. Some people say, oh, I can go and I'm able to make a difference in my community by b- coming together with a group of people. That's true. It, Rotary does offer that. Uh, but it's so much more than that. You know, I'm actually, my, my entire education, formal educational experience ended at high school. Uh, everything else I developed uh, from a leadership standpoint came through Rotary. Just, wow. Yeah, everything. And, you know, I, I actually, <laughs> I can't think of any other organization that allows somebody to develop as a leader the way Rotary does. The opportunities it offers us as an individual from coming together and, and understanding how people think. Because when you bring a group of people together, in many cases, they're strangers, different mm-hmm. cultures, sometimes different languages, uh, all sorts of different uh, differentiations between them. And you bring them together in the four walls of a room and say, everybody get along and uh, let's do some good. Hey, come on. <laughs> really? So, so, so the leadership development that it teaches you that you've got to get along with everybody. You have to understand that we're all different, but at the same time, there's a lot of commonality. And so it teaches you that. It teaches you uh, conflict resolution skills, mm-hmm. especially when you become president. <laughs> you, you, need to, you better need to know how to do that. Uh, it teaches you organizational skills. You want to do a fundraiser that requires those skills. It, it teaches you public relations skills. You, you, know, you want to get connect to the media, social media. Uh, it teaches you uh, skills such as um, trying to do fundraising. And that's not easy either. You know, you want no. to go to the community and raise money. I mean, so there's so many different components that are in its, in its core leadership development components. And it not only teaches you those things, here's the kicker. It teaches it to you consistently. You know, uh, everywhere yeah. you, go, you go to university, you go to college, you go to a, a training seminar for leadership. Those are just like a short burst session. Those are intense intensity sessions. Uh, right. Rotary is consistent sessions, consistently, week after week. It's giving you opportunities, giving you opportunities, giving you opportunities. And that, I think, is, is, is so fundamental to successful development of leaders. And that, to me, is... I would say probably our strongest core value as an organization, even more than service, even more than diversity, even more than integrity, and even more than fellowship. Leadership to me is so strong uh, as Rotary. Nobody else can, nobody else offers this. Nobody else. Nobody. And do you think it's because of that leadership and for no better word, that camaraderie that we have, that there is no, a political platform or religious platform or because there isn't any that kind of stuff. Do you think that's why we have a seat on the UN? Because that, 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 because we, we can be a leader in that charitable organization type vibe because that's what we're asking more for. I, I, I mean, if I was a UN, I would want Rotary to continue to have a seat there because it's that unique uh, value proposition that we offer. And that's what we bring to the table. You know, when there was an, you must have heard the stories when they were trying to uh, immunize uh, children from polio in, in northern Sri Lanka. Uh, 
and there were there were several groups that that were very violent and there was like war brewing between these sects of people and it was Rotary that was able to broker peace and stop the fighting so that the vaccinators could go into the communities and deliver the polio vaccine and if you think about it i i say to myself really a government is not able to do that but peace builders in an organization such as rotary is able to go to these people and say listen we understand you've got these problems where that, that's not our problem we want to do good in the world we're trying to save the children so stop what you're doing and they did and that alone tells me that we're onto something because we transcend borders language culture everything and right. we are able to do what these formal organizations formal governments uh and other ngos are not able to because we're that not attached to anything strength. that's right that's right. a huge strength yeah it's a huge wow so then you just mentioned that story from Sri Lanka. I mean, what are, what's one of the most inspirational experiences that you've had with Rotary? What experiences has had that impact on you that after all these years in Rotary, you have no problem going to another meeting next whatever week because you're so inspired to keep going with it? There's Is there one that many, sticks out in your brain? Yeah, I, I, I probably. I, I'll tell you the one that sticks out. I mean, there's a lot of community service outreach that we've done over the years. And, you know, you get to be impacted by by those that that benefit but there was one particular one and so you i'm sure you've heard of ryla rotary youth leadership board so you know for we've been doing ryla in jamaica for many years so in one of the early rylas that we did uh there we went and and picked some young persons from very volatile communities so you know there's some areas of jamaica that have some challenges with crime and violence uh and so we we got some individual some some young children from one such community, and it was a weekend Ryla where you know they were exposed to a vast cross section of people. We taught them leadership skills, taught them public speaking skills, taught them just, just how to be a good person and and give them some skill set to to be able to to go into the workforce. And so over that weekend, uh, when it was over. Uh, there was this one young man who got up and says he would like to say a few words. And so, of course, we gave him the platform to that. And he said, so you, you have to understand this. We took a young man from a crime-ridden community. This is a young man that has grown up in a life of crime. Uh, and that is really his only ex way of earning a living. Huh? And we brought him into this weekend of leadership, surrounded by good-natured souls. And at the end of this weekend, this young man gets up and this is what he says. He says to us, I would rather work till nine than to pick up a nine. And let me see if I can explain that to you for, for, your, for, for your, your listeners. I would rather work till 9 p.m. than to pick up a nine millimeter handgun. Wow. That's what he was trying to say. Okay. I so, so he saw the light. We yeah. got to him. We got to him in time. You know, and I'm saying if we can get to all of these next generation of leaders of our world and change them and show them that there is a better way, mm -hmm. if we can do that, my God, what is the world going to look like? You know, we would have done, I would say, the impossible. And Rotary showed me we can do that because we did it for him. We got to him. And if we can get to him, we can get to others across the world in all of the communities that we have problems in. And, and that 
made me realize that we are sitting on a gold mine of good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I, I actually, what I, what I really love about that story, and then thank you so much for sharing it, is that what I love is that you didn't give up on any of those kids. And in Jamaica, those, I mean, I live on a, on a lovely island in the Pacific Northwest that I have to admit the crime or the hunger or the lack is not as visible to me. I'm not saying I, I forget it, but sometimes it's, it's not, it's not in my face. Mm -hmm. And respectfully, there are parts of Jamaica, as we well know, where it's in your face. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And the whole idea, what I loved about that story was there was no judgment put on those, on those men that you took out of that space. Yeah. And you said, you know, I, this may be your circumstance at this moment, but it does not have to be your circumstance two days from now. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I'm inspired and I wasn't even there. I would say. <laughs> have, <laughs> no, you, have, you remained, have you remained in contact with him? Is he, is he still? He, he got a scholarship and he's overseas now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Think about that. This is a crime ridden area. He was a young person that was doing criminal activity. So he Think was, he that. was actively not yes. participating on the right side of the law yes. when you decided. So that itself, like I said, that itself is a wonderful step that you're going to, that I don't know how many other Rotarians would actually take, you know, that say, I'm going to go right up to a, uh, the old olden days where these called juvenile delinquents. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go right up to a juvenile delinquent and I'm going to take you someplace and see if it, yeah. it, see if it happens. Yeah. But why aren't we doing that? Because they're the ones that need the help. Yeah. Listen, nobody's born bad. Nobody. Mm -mm. We are all born good. Just the nature of life itself. We're born good. So it's our circumstances that has created this into each person. And nobody has gone past that limit where we can't bring them back. Nobody. Nobody. And Rotary has the tools. We've got programs like Rotaract and Interact and our district program of Early Act. And we've got uh, RILA. There's Rotary Youth Exchange. We have programs and experience and expertise to engage those generations, to mm -hmm. change the world. We can mm. do it. We can. So, which, which makes it a great time to talk about our, the, the foundations of Rotary, which is that four-way test. And when I ask people what the, what the four-way test means to them, it either, I have talked to some that it's very business still, very classic Rotarian, that it's what I do, what I, the practice that I bring to my business. I've talked to ex-military that find a great correlation between it and the military oath that they have to take, mm -hmm. or uh, the golden rule. Um, some treat it more esoteric, some t treat it more business. So it leads me to your interpretation. What does the four-way test mean to you, and how do you bring it into your life? So I don't see it as something to judge others by. Okay. To me, the four-way test is introspection. Mm -hmm. As I've heard it being mentioned before, it's a mirror, right? Uh, I think many people get caught up by trying to push things on other people. So this, you know, the, that 24-word test is really asking you to look at yourself, look at the man in the mirror. 
mm-hmm. okay, and, and live by that. Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Uh, you know, will it build goodwill and better friend, friendships? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? These are introspection questions. Right. I, and, and to me, if you start to judge others, then you've already failed, you know, because judge not. You have to look at yourself, fix yourself, fix your surroundings, and think if everybody did that, uh, we'd be in a better place. Uh, the founder of the Four Way Test, was it um, Herb, Herb Taylor? Mm. Yeah. Uh, it was an introspection for him, too. He yeah. had to sit down and figure out how is he going to save this company? And, and, and he created this test, really, and asked himself, not anybody else, asked himself and his company, how do we use these four questions and get ourselves out of this mess that we're in? Uh, so, yeah, to me, so the short answer to your question is the four-way test to me is a mirror. It's an introspection. I look within and answer it for all of my actions and all of my steps. And I don't judge others for what they're doing. You know, I, I quite recently, we had a a member of our rotary group that talked about the the foundations where the four-way tests came from. And I always talk about the words that are before the four-way tests, which is of, of the things we think, say, or do, which I think are always kind of, when people are asked to say it, they always seem to skip over the, of all the things we say or do, are they the truth? They're like... (laughs) So, but I've never, ever thought about it that the gentleman who wrote them had to think about them before he wrote them, which is, which is going, he had to go within. He had to go within. In fact, there were seven tests. Do you know that part? There were actually seven. No. (laughs) Yeah. And he he, he reworded it and he came up with, with four. You want to know? So what are the other, what are the missing three? Know. I'm like, know. that's the great mystery of Rotary. There's three the missing, missing three. ones. <laughs> missing three. My whole life could have been like done, taken care of if I only knew the three magic keys. Yeah. Wow. So if those were, if those were the ones he thought of with four, I, I, yeah, it'd be interesting to know what the seven were and what it's, caused him to take them out. Yeah. It's a, it's a, there's a fascinating story of the, of the whole, the whole aspect of, of how it came to be and how Rotary adopted it. Uh, It's, it's brilliant because it talks about why truth comes first, you know, and, um, and how, and there's actually an order. There's, there's a method to the madness. Yeah. Each one one builds on the other. It does. And it's fascinating. And, and, and especially my personal favorite is the last one is that, is it best for all concerned? Because nowhere in that, and I've spoken to this on my podcast before, does it say, do you get your side? Yeah. Like, do you win your <laughs> argument? It's not one of the four-way tests. Sometimes winning your argument is the best for both concerned. Maybe your idea or your conclusion may not be the one that, that gets done, but the best, you no. know. Will it be beneficial to all concerned? A lot of people say that too in just different words. I mean, I think yeah. about uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mm-hmm. And one of, one, of the, one of the habits is think win-win. Right. Think win-win is, is it beneficial to all concerned? Yes. It can't be a one-way street, one-sided. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. find that middle ground. This is actually a lesson to, for even conflict in the world, you know, it's always about me versus you and me versus them. It can't work right. that way. Somebody has to be bigger. Somebody has to be smaller. Oh, somebody has to, yeah. Think can't. win-win. Yeah. Think win-win. Yeah, it's amazing. So then that also leads us to that other motto, which is service above self. What does that one mean? 
Because yeah. I've had people say that it's yeah. it had the conclusion of, you know, when you're in an airplane, they say, put the life mask on yourself and then give it to your child. So it, do you need to put the service to yourself first before you can give it to others? Or is service above self actually serving above yourself? So there's multiple interpretations of it. One thing I will say to you when I sit down and reflect on that is that you have to take care of self if there is no self, you can't do service. Okay. Uh, similar to the example of the airplane you just said, mm -hmm. uh, if you are not healthy, and I don't mean financially healthy, uh, and I don't mean physically healthy, but even emotionally, right? Mentally mm -hmm. healthy. If you're not healthy in all these components, you cannot function properly. You cannot take care of your family. You cannot take care of your business. You cannot take care of your community. Right. right. So self is so important to take care of. And when you sit down and you hear about service above self, it is not telling you that you've got to go and do service and right. forget about yourself. No. It's no. not like penance or something. Right. No, that's, yeah. That's, come on. No. <laughs> you know, but what it is saying to you is that there is a greater good out there in the community, community, the world. Uh, there are other people less fortunate. So when you think about that, uh, don't think of just the material things of yourself, okay? Uh, think of doing service to others. And service is, uh, I think, is also very, very pointedly interpreted because I think service is bigger than what you think and what I think of just service, which is going to a community and doing something. But service could also be a mental service, looking after the health of somebody's mind. You know how much problems are going on right now with COVID-19 mm. across the world? They're saying mental health is going to be one of the major issues. So when they talk about service above self, it is far bigger than what I think the three words mean. It is looking after one another, making sure we are all healthy, making sure you're healthy. Right. And only then, you know, um, going a little broader to the community. So it's all good. There's mm -hmm. nothing bad there. It's all good. I think this, you know... I I, when I listen to what people are talking about, especially with the mental conditions during COVID, I mean, COVID itself is, and, and I, I negated to ask, is everyone in your family happy, healthy? Everybody's doing okay. We're all happy. We're all healthy. Good, Thank good, God. good. Um, but I know that with my Rotarian family, when, when people ask what I miss the most, and I have to say, it's giving my Rotarian friends and family a hug. I've seen a few of them, masks on, socially distant apart, you know, trying to do the best we can with stuff. But just to give my, I'm a hugger. I self-admit it. I'm a hugger. And it, it, that part, that's what COVID has taken away from me. I'm used to the mask. I had a whole bunch of their color coordinate with my outfit. I look <laughs> fabulous. You know, the socially distant, I work for myself. So I didn't go into an office. I didn't go, so life for me honestly hadn't changed all that much since you know with covid right. uh but just being able to go to a friend's house for dinner and give them a hug and have a conversation over wine is my new thing that that's what covid has taken away from me yeah and i think it's it's caused some people to be very scared mm -hmm. you know i think if i didn't have rotary i might not be doing as well during covid to be quite and honest you touched on something very important uh, Rotary has been a blessing for a lot of people. 
right? Mm -hmm. Just being a part of this community uh, has, I think, helped a lot of people. I can just imagine somebody who was not part of Rotary. Yeah. What, would, what have they been doing? What would they be doing? I mean, if, if they were out of a job and they're home and they're mm -hmm. in, a, in a very narrow space, uh, not just physically, but just mentally as well, Mm -hmm. And they don't have an, an organization like Rotary to log on to Zoom and connect with people, not just in their community, but around the world. Right. How, how have they managed? Because it has been a blessing for me. Mm -hmm. I have been able to connect and reconnect and continuously keep myself engaged and develop myself virtually. Right. And, and, and I'm saying, if I never had this, what would have my other options have been? And I can't think of other options. What are the other options? Joining the Chamber of Commerce? Okay, but even they're not doing a lot. I mean, right. what, else, what, what else would my options have been? And mm -hmm. I can't think of much. And then I'm worried. I'm like, I feel so bad for everybody else. Mm -hmm. They didn't have the gift of Rotary. Right. They didn't have that. Yeah, it is, it is amazing. It is really amazing. And I, I, I do have my, yeah, I have my Rotary friends. And in fact, we started a thing at my club called Ring a Rotarian. That's just every once in a while, just ring one of your Rotarian people. Like, like go to Club Runner, spin it, mm -hmm. put your finger, point at one and say, and just give them a call. Say, how are you doing? And it like really that. helped. It really helped. Just like I'm calling, I happen to be at the grocery store. Do you need anything? I happen to be, you know, so yeah, for folks that don't have that. Yeah. Well, this soon shall pass, I hope. So there's rotary clubs all over. You're sitting there in the middle of the ocean. Well, give or take a few islands there in the middle ocean. What are the what are the rotary clubs before Zoom? Cuz you can't say Zoom now cuz I I got I got people that sit there and go, "Well, just last week I went to <laughs> Rotary Club of Paris, you know." But is there some other rotary clubs that you've been to before we all had to shut in and not go anywhere? Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I used to travel a lot. So I've been to a lot of Rotary Clubs in, in many towns and, and countries I've been to. But let me quickly tell you about where I am. So yeah, Jama Jamaica has 28 Rotary Clubs. Wow, that's quite my, a lot. Yeah, and my town alone has three. So you know, we have quite a bit of Rotary Clubs. Our district has 10 countries, 16 islands, and three languages, District 7020, which wow. is the Northern Caribbean. And we wow. have 80, 86 Rotary Clubs in 10 countries. And as I said, 16 islands. And I so, think we're kind of cool that we're, because we're 50-50, because half of us are in Canada mm -hmm. and half of us are in, in the United States, but 10 countries. What, yeah. do you mind me asking, what are the 10 countries? Yeah. All right. So let's start. So we've All right. Got here we go. The Cayman Islands. I'm going from the far left of the right. Northern Caribbean. So Cayman Islands, then Jamaica, then Haiti, the Bahamas. Turks and Caicos Islands, U.S. Virgin Islands, right, okay. British Virgin Islands, Anguilla, uh, French West Indies, and St. Martin. Wow. Now, I have been to Anguilla and St. Martin, and they were breathtaking. It was years and years ago, but wow. Okay. Yeah. Just a few. Nice. Yeah. It is lovely. <laughs> yeah. Pick an island. There's a rotary group. Pick an island. Yeah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> In fact, uh, our district tradition is that, well, I wouldn't say tradition. It's, it's just kind of uh, organically happened. Uh, when the district governor, for example, if I, if, I'm, if, I, if I had to go and make a district governor's official visit to, say, the Cayman Islands, even though Cayman has four clubs, uh, they want you to come for a week. 
right? So you're going to visit their four clubs, visit their board meetings. They're going to have a fundraising event for you. They're going to have service project day for you. You're going to wow. see their existing projects. You're going to meet their rotor actors, their interactors. Uh, it's a full experience huh? because rotary, and this is a great uh, point to note. Rotary is just, it's a lot more than the rotary club. Okay. You've got all these youth programs, uh, that are a part of it. In fact, Rotaract is no longer a program. They're partners right now mm-hmm. uh, in the organization. They've elevated Rotaract. But you've got all these other elements that are taking place within the, the, uh, the spectrum of Rotary. And each of them are important to the development of our community and person. And so that's what I loved about it, that they were able to embrace all these facets of it. Uh, it's not just the meeting during lunch for, for 60 minutes or 90 minutes. It's a lot more than that. And what is your secret there? Because, I mean, I just had a great conversation with some district leadership of Rotaractors. And I have to admit that they consider themselves Rotarians. Um, they officially pay dues. They do service projects. They do all this kind of stuff. Um, but one of them very nicely said, but... I, she said, I'm 30 years old and I still get asked what college I go to. And I'm thought of as a kid. And I said, I joked and said, well, I have a kid that's older than you are. And she's like, and, but her point was, it was like, there was this separate, but not equal or, you know, we're all, we all get that supposedly we're all equal and it just didn't happen. And she says she finds it, especially in North America. So what is so different? What, the, what does the islands have that everybody seems to love and play with each other so easily? Maybe it's a more relaxed atmosphere of the Maybe. <laughs> Maybe we all just need to chill out here in North America. Everybody needs to chill out. Yeah. Everybody needs but is to there a real out. conscious effort? Yeah, there is. There is a conscious okay. effort. I'll share a couple of examples. So first of all, we have about 55 Rotaract clubs in our district. Fantastic. Uh, so you can think about it. 86 Rotary Clubs, about 55 Rotary Clubs. We have over 100 Interact Clubs. So uh, the Rotary Clubs have embraced youth programs, and they're definitely – forgive me, there's the – they're cutting the lawn, so there may be some – That's okay. I actually have a, do- a dog snoring behind me. So, uh, you know, so I'm sure they've heard yeah. that in the mic too. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so that is definitely something that is encouraged. Now, the district – in our Rotary District, they have a Rotaract Rotary Transition Chair. So there's an active person uh, focused on working with the clubs to make you you always aware that we're looking to find ways to get Rotaractors into Rotary, right? A transition chair. And, and that's that a district help- position. Yeah. And that person <sighs> is helping to, to bridge the gap, to find ways of getting Rotaractors connected to Rotary in projects, uh, in doing in outreach, in doing leadership development exercises so that there's that connection. And I think that's important to have a connection between the Rotary clubs and the youth program clubs like Rotaract, Interact, et cetera. So that has been going on for a while and it continues. We've got a district Rotaract chair, which is a Rotarian on the district. And then we have a district Rotaract representative, which is a Rotaractor, I would say the equivalent of the district governor for Rotaract. Okay. And, 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 and they work well with each other, coming up with strategy. They've got a Rotaract District Conference where they have Rotarians can come uh, and attend as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a, it, it's, it's, it's more than just an isolated uh, college-based club, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and all in, very important to note as well when it comes to Rotaract in our district, there are a lot of them that are community-based, not just college-based. 
Yes. Okay. Yes. And the company-based uh-huh. ones are the ones that would probably transition over more quicker uh, versus the college-based ones. Yeah. Wow. I, I do. I mean, that whole idea of a district, uh, a, 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 a district position makes so much sense. I know that in, in my club, I will be the president next year. And one thing I thought of is, is putting together my board is that we do sponsor and interact club. And I would like the president of that interact club to join me on my board meetings. Brilliant. And I have to admit, I had a few, I like, what? And I'm like, why not? Yeah. You get some interesting perspectives to say. Yeah. What do you think? You know, I mean, you're the next, I'm going to, I'm going to be the, the old gray haired, what we're small, what our reputation is here before long. You're the next generation. I want your opinion. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. So how is it different today? How is Rotary different today than when you joined back in 94? A lot of differences, not many differences? So, no, there's a lot of differences. Um, I will tell you the club experience has changed. When Better I or worse? Attend, it's or just different? Just different. <laughs> just different. Yeah. No opinion. No. Some clubs, yeah. Yeah, some, some clubs have lost their way. I will tell you that as well. Uh, in fact, if you visit Rotary clubs, you just have to enter the Rotary Club meeting and I can tell you whether there's a strong leader at the helm or a weak leader at the helm. Just yeah, by looking I can at too. Them. Simple. And that's yeah. just not Rotary. That is across the world. You know. Any mm-hmm. organization, you can tell if, that, if, if, the club, if the organization has a strong leader or a leadership mm-hmm. team or a weak one. And, and what I think has happened, especially in North America, because there's, there's some membership decline there, you start to realize they've, they've, they've lost their purpose what why are you asking somebody to show up for breakfast lunch or dinner for 60 to 90 minutes why you know in the, hmm. previously it used to be we're bringing people together to network grow their business bring ideas together so we can make a difference in our community right but, but, but is that what's happening at the clubs nowadays i mean you walk into a club now and you wonder why did they ask me to leave what i was doing and come here What's the purpose? What is the value proposition you're offering me? And yeah, wow. nobody's going to talk about it and say it out loud that what the what's in it for me mentality, but that is it. Everybody does a what's in it for me question, even subliminally, consci- un- uh, quiet consciously uh, in everything they do. If they're going to turn on the TV and they're going to sw- switch the channels, they're going to find a show with that what's in it for me question. Why should I sit down and watch Grey's Anatomy tonight? Oh, I like that show. It inspires me. There's quotations. There's romance and all that stuff. The what's in it for me question. A friend invites you over for a drink. You're going to ask yourself that. What's in it for me? What am I going to get out of it? No, what's in Mm -hmm. it for me doesn't have to be selfish. huh? Don't get me wrong. No, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. It could be I go there and I'm able to make a conscious conversation to make a community better. I could share my knowledge and my thoughts to somebody. That, That could bring value to me. Whatever the question is, if there is no value being offered in whatever shape or form, uh, now more than ever, people have a lot of options. More options today than ever before with the smartphone and the laptop mm-hmm. and you know, the over-the-air watching shows like Netflix and all. There's a lot of options out there. We don't need Rotary for... for their meetup is there right now where you can, if you, you, know, you want to yoga, you, go, you, you join a meetup and you go to yoga. You don't need to come to a Rotary Club meeting uh, whereas in the past, there was not much options on the table. Right. So the question is, where I think a lot of clubs, not just North America, don't get me wrong, across the world, 
but where a lot of clubs have lost their ways, they have lost their sense of purpose. What is the question? What is the reason you're asking people to leave what they're doing and show up? What are they going to get out of it? What is the value proposition? That's the question they're not asking. And answer. yeah, and and I th- yeah, and I think it's a great answer. I think. I think we have, I I am a huge history buff and I do very much respect the history of Rotary and the history of why some of these breakfast clubs were made. I mean, a lot of, to be very honest, a lot of these breakfast clubs were uh, mostly had men in them. We're talking early Rotary. They all had men in them that met at seven o'clock for breakfast and coffee because they all had to open their stores by nine o'clock and the women were home taking care of the kids and all these businessmen, literally businessmen, you know, wanted to work on how they can embrace their business in an honest and humble way. There we go. That was Rotary. And when I listened to, when I talk to young Rotarians or Rotaractors or E-club members, especially their whole thing is, they're all about service. You know, this Rotaract club that's right across the water from us, they do a meeting, a service project, a meeting, a service project. Mm -hmm. And he's got a huge amount of people in his club because he's like, we don't want to meet. We want to serve. We want to be out there. We want to be actively doing stuff. Yeah. I think it's. So, so they have asked that question. What is the purpose? Why are you asking people to come together? Brilliant. Because we've all sat through that meeting. And I mean, I, 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 run, I work for myself, which means if I'm not working, I'm not eating, you know? <laughs> so I've got, I have a couple of meetings where I've gone, well, we'll get that 90 minutes back. All right, back to work we go. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another meeting that could have been an email. <laughs> Another, oh God, there's my quote of the day. Another meeting that could have been an email. Uh, yeah, I got a lot of those too. <laughs> So how do you think we can grow? How do you think, how do you think that Rotary can grow in the future and fix some of these why am I here problems? Well, I'm going to share an example of how our club just uh, transitioned. And I think mm-hmm. that'll answer your question. So we had the same thing. We asked our members, uh, what would you like out of Rotary? Okay, let's mm-hmm. solve uh, your value proposition. Don't ask what and- Rotary could do no, for you, what? ask what you could do for Rotary kind That's of thing. Right. Yeah, okay. What, what do you want out of it? Yeah. And so we, we did a visioning exercise and what we came up was four things that came to the top of the list. Number one, they wanted leadership development. They wanted to have a bigger impact in the world. Mm-hmm. They wanted to fellowship more, okay? Enjoy the company of each other. Yeah. And they wanted to be more engaged. And in just in a, in a very interesting way those four things i just shared with you turned out to be an acronym leadership l impact was i fellowship was f and e was engagement and that spelled out the word life life yeah and we rebranded our club we changed the name of the club to the rotary club of life mm-hmm. full stop and it is a daily reminder that every week we get together we have to be ticking one of these boxes because that is what the members want. If we're not satisfying the needs of our members, we are failing as a club. And that's what we do. So every week we, we have a program that's focused on one of these. And we ask the members, what do you want? And someone says, well, uh, for example, you know, I, you know, 
we've got a major problem with mental health issues. Okay, we're going to get a mental health specialist to come and talk to the club. Right. We're having a, you know, I've got some issues with education. I want to see more done. Okay, let's get the, somebody from education. And we try to find the best person that can address the needs of the members. And, uh, but of course, impact is our biggest thing. Most people want to do more good in the world. In fact, I will share this with you. You may have heard the statistic that when, you, when we've been asking people what it is that they want, you just ask me that question. Mm-hmm. Having a bigger impact in the world always comes to the top of that list. That is what yeah. people want. And, I it agree. Does, and it's not necessarily just small local projects. It's bigger impact projects. Mm-hmm. They want to be a part of, of knowing they've made a difference. Mm-hmm. That they were part of doing something that they probably couldn't have done by themselves. Right. You know? Why they joined an organization like Rotary. If they could do it by themselves, they wouldn't. It's the same thing with me. Right. Why you had they- your foundation. You could have kept, you had a exactly. foundation. Exactly. You were given. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you- so it's got to be something with a bigger global impact. The Rotary does offer that, but we need to do more. We need to do more. I mean, for example, you're going to be president. I will challenge you. I mean, what are you going to do? Right. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't want to hear. And I, I'm, I'm comfortable enough to tell this to you now. Oh, thank you. Talking to you for, for <laughs> a minute. I don't want to hear you say I went to my members and they want to do this. And so we're right. just going to raise some with a small fundraiser. No, I want to hear that you went to all the Rotary clubs in your area. You went to all the districts, wherever you could connect with. Uh, you went to other NGOs. You went to other uh, corporate foundations. Okay. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, this is what we're going to do. Come and partner with us and let's have a bigger impact. Think about that Rotary Club in Philippines that wanted to end polio. You think right. they could have done it by themselves? No, no. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right. And look at today, the, glo- the, the um, Global Polio Eradication Initiative, the GPEI, has five partners, mm-hmm. right? We couldn't do it by ourselves. No. And so, and, and so, to have a global, bigger impact, we have to partner. Partnership is the key. Mm-hmm. Partner with, with whoever, your friends, your neighbors, whoever is on your iMessage, everyone. Right. Let everybody know we're trying to do this. Are you willing to come on board and let's have a bigger impact? And that is what I think we need to do. Have a bigger impact. And to do that, we have to connect with more people outside of our club. It's not just, don't, don't just keep it within. And, and I, I even argue... Uh, especially in North America with clubs that are right down the street. I mean, uh, we have a member, I have a member in my club that happens to run our local rural hospital. And for a very long time, he couldn't find PPE anywhere, which is personal protective equipment. Mm -hmm. And it literally, the hospital is about 50 yards from a um, extended care facility. And that's where COVID hit on our Island. So literally right next door to the hospital was the largest outbreak of COVID on a little island. And he had no PPE. And so on this island, we had four rotary groups and we all pitched in like 2,500 bucks a piece. And then that was matched. And then, and then we went out and said, hi, we're these four little rotary groups. And we came up with this 10 grand. Is anybody out there willing to match it? We, we've got the supply, we can get the masks, we can get the, we've got everything, who's got more money? Mm. District came back, and other clubs came back, and lo and behold, we got thousands of dollars within like 72 hours, and 10 days oh, yeah. later, the hospital was hooked up with PPE. And again, it was just enough gumption to go, so, 
who else wants to come in on this? <laughs> you know, so that's what I'm talking about. That's what yeah. But the guilt that I have is that was probably the first time all those Rotary groups had talked to each other. And now we've joined, now we've all come together and started a task force. Mm, then it's like, we're now going to keep talking to each other. Yeah. You know, I, I get told by Rotarians all the time that we're the best kept secret and that we should <laughs> get, we should get a little more out there and say, by the way, <laughs> do you want to help? You want to do this too? Yeah. yeah. Bravo. I'm happy to hear that. That is good. Yeah. So I think, I think we can replicate it. It does need to be replicated. It does need to be replicated. I mean, we're doing water projects and polio and I think, you know, we get, we're doing huge projects all the time through cooperation. Just imagine if more of us cooperated. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, so say I was somebody who uh, had never heard of rotary. And we were on an elevator and I saw your little pin. And you said I was, you were in Rotary. So what, what's your elevator pitch? What, what would you say to somebody who's interested in joining Rotary? I would tell them, if they asked me, what is that? I would say it's the best thing that ever happened to me. That's all mm-hmm. I would say. Because now I want them to say to me, wow, tell me more. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. I would, yeah. Because there's no way you can successfully <laughs> tell anybody what rotary is in that 30 seconds, no matter what they tell you about an elevator pitch. To me, you have to just plant a very, uh, a very powerful seed for them to want to know more. Like, okay, I'm going to stop what I'm doing. I want to hear what, what is this? How, why is it the best thing that's ever happened to you? And then at that point I can tell them a quick story about how I was trying to do something on my own. And this, club brought me together and, and showed me I could do so much more. Uh, but yeah, to me, you just want to let them know that it is so good for you that you are a part of this thing for so long mm-hmm. and there's nothing else out there that can replicate it. And then you want them to make the time because if they're not going to, if they're not going to open their mind to hear what you have to say, forget it. No 30 second, 60 second pitch is going to help them. Yeah. So that's what mm-hmm. I would do. Yeah. Okay. I'd stop on the elevator. And to get back to your question for me, um, I, I have a few ideas to shake up things in my year. I, I really, I did not take on my presidency lightly. I have another half that is not exactly thrilled that I took on the presidency <laughs> because there is so much work involved. But I figure that work is not only for me, but for the people who I entrust on my board and the few people that I've asked already to be on my board, I've said, I want you to be able to know that it's a safe space. I want to know that there is, that there is change. I have some new and probably to some people radical ideas. And the first thing we're going to do is we're going to have a retreat at my house. I want you to come to my house. I live where my house is literally has pathways that, that go to about 400 acres of forest land that all has trails through it. We're going to walk through some of those trails. We're going to figure out what we want to do. And we're going to, because we do have literally millions of other Rotarians that only want the best for us and want the best for me as president. So what can, what can I do and what can we do as a board? So yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that. So thank you for, for reminding me Wonderful. for sure. For sure. Well, Harash, what an honor to meet you. I feel that I, uh, that you were on a, 
I can understand why your foundation had had uh, our beloved uh, Gandhi in its name. You do uh, carry on that type of presence and that type of, um, let's say, uh, rotary spiritualness that I think has uh, truly made my day. And thank you so much for the conversation. I really do appreciate it. My pleasure. Really happy to be here. So I will, uh, I will keep up with you on Facebook and see what you're doing. But uh, until then, like I said, it's been an honor. And thank you so much for joining me today. Take care. All right. Thank you so much, Rush, for being a part of the podcast. Now, if you listened, I said these words, rotary spirituality. Now, let's make it perfectly clear. Rotary is absolutely not religious. But could there be a hint of a spirituality to rotary hmm something to ponder until next week's podcast don't you think so while you're thinking do try and tell a friend about the podcast have them download and subscribe that always helps us down at this end and uh, if you know somebody who wants to talk to me about water projects or rotary spirituality or being one of the first clubs ever in rotary do drop me a line. It's real easy. Rotarianpod at gmail.com. All right, then. Until next week, wear a mask, take care of yourself and the world around you, and welcome, everybody, to season four of the I'm a Rotarian podcast. I will hear you next week.